Welcome to another episode of the Souvenirs Podcast. This week, we sit down with former employee Barbara Rose. Barbara worked alongside Dallas and Edie Gant, the original owners of the ranch. She also happens to be their niece. Barbara's career at the ranch spanned from 1966 to 1976, a time that proved to be influential to her professional career. So without further ado, let's take a peek at what it was like to work at the ranch during those years. Tell me a little bit about your family connection to the ranch. My mother and Edie were sisters. My mother was the oldest. And their mother's name? Jane Cortine Fowler. And that happens to be my middle name is Cortine. And so then tell me about your earliest recollection of spending time in Wickenburg and then how you ended up at the ranch. And how old were you then? My earliest recollection is in 1955 when I went to stay with my grandmother and started going out to the ranch weekends. Uh, My grandmother would drop me off at the corral and I would hang out at the corral and maybe groom horses or bring them in, whatever, and had the opportunity of going out on rides. And sometimes would get to ride new horses. Maybe they wanted to find out if the horse was going to buck off children. I don't know. And had lunch there with the kids and the children's counselor. Afternoons, I would stay at the Gant house. um, Bunk beds, bottom bunk bed. Rusty was at the top on Saturday nights and then back to the corrals. And I was stayed there and was supposed to go back when my family came out for Christmas. And I loved it so much, I refused to go back to Newburgh, New York. And I got to spend the rest of the school year there. And what age were you then? Ten. And it was a lifetime experience that I can just remember so much. And I competed in Jim Connors and had the best time. Fast forward after college, Edie called and asked if I would be interested in going out to Wickenburg and work with Dallas. And that was in 1966. So I was sort of like his secretary, which was wonderful. Took shorthand back then, way back in the dark ages. And every time he would be writing to one of the guests, he would give me background information on the guest, whether it be Duke Drake, um, Gene Beasley, Bill Friedemann, whoever. I hadn't a clue who Fortune Five, what Fortune 500 was. I hadn't a clue what Dun & Bradstreet was or Eli Lilly. But he gave me an education that I don't know you could get anywhere else. I thoroughly enjoyed working with him. I had my 21st birthday and Edie and Dallas took me to dinner at the ranch and we went to the bar first and had our cocktails and we went in uh, to the dining room. I really didn't drink, so I had no idea what to drink. So I just let them order for me. And so I had... Two separate relationships. I had, you know, a niece relationship and he was my boss. 
Um, February 28th, I was in the office uh, getting emotional. I was the only one in the office because everyone else was at a wedding. And that's when Dallas had his stroke. And the head gardener came in and we called 911, we called Edie. And I realized I was moving desks around and everything so the gardener could take Dallas out because there weren't ambulances then. Anyway, so that was start of my work experience there. And then Edie stepped in and I worked with Edie, which was wonderful, learned more and more. And then Rusty stepped in for his mom so she could retire, enjoy golf and other things. So I worked with Rusty. I became assistant manager and I thoroughly enjoyed my time every moment there. What was it like working with Dallas? I can't, I I guess he was strict, but I didn't feel he was strict, but I certainly um, respected him incredibly. I'm not sure that I would say I was afraid of him, but I highly respected him. Again, I learned so much from him. He seemed to be quite a visionary for, you know, creating this ranch, building the residential community there, starting the Desert Caballeros ride. What do you think his vision was for the ranch, what it could become? Well, it's interesting considering his background, you know, moving out there was probably, you know, primarily because of asthma. And he worked at Abare and Bishop's Lodge and, and then met the Maguires and Who's the other one? Howard's. I think because of those experiences, he realized he wanted to start the guest ranch and have the guest ranch. And I'm not sure that he shared that much with me about it. He kind of didn't share much about himself. So you worked with Edie as well. And then also with Rusty, what traits, if any, do you think Rusty has taken on from Dallas or what were their styles? How different or similar were they? They all cared about their guests. The guests came first. So who did you work alongside of in the office? Well, Ann Giles, but before that, sorry, I can't remember names anymore. And she took care of marketing. Is that right? Yeah. June. I'm trying to think back to when I first went there. Oh, B. Wensley. B. Wensley goes back to the housekeeping back in the 60s. She was pretty tough. Yeah, she was not happy with me because the night that I had my 21st birthday, one of the cowboys who ended up being my husband took me to La Cabana in Wickenburg for my 21st birthday. And since I was drinking martinis, I put up this glass mug or this silver mug with a glass bottom that I had received from a boyfriend and put it on the bar and said to Frank, who was working there at the time before he worked at the ranch, fill it up. And he says, with what? And I said, with martinis. He says, what? And I said, well, you never mix your drinks. I was told that my brother said, you never mix your drinks. So make a long story short, I don't remember the next day, but I do remember B. Wensley was not happy with me. Because of the laundry. (laughs) Are there any other memorable staff that you recall? Yeah, Tommy and 
the chefs, the Stanleys, Langell, and then I forget the middle one, and then Teddy. So they were there several decades. Mary Roshan. That's the name I was trying to, gosh, you're really making me go back a long ways. Bob and Mary Roshan. Mary Roshan was sort of in charge of the front office. And her husband, Bob, I don't know if he was head of the Krause at the time or not. What month year did you start? Started in September of 1966 until January of 76. So all that time from 1966 to 76, you started as Dallas's assistant and yes. then evolved into assistant manager under Rusty. Well, I was Edie's assistant and then ended up Rusty's. And what was Edie like to work with? I enjoyed working with her. Again, I learned a lot. What was it like those days after Dallas died? It was hard. It was hard for, certainly hard for the family. And... The guests certainly missed him, but they knew Edie, so it was of comfort for them. I know that. Were there concerns about the future of the ranch? I don't recall people having any angst about it, whether it be a guest or a staff member. So there was no question if Edie would continue? No. For me, I, I don't recall any question about it. Obviously, you know, Dallas was missed. But I think Edie did a great job in carrying on. That says a lot about her strength and perseverance to carry on. I'm sure you've talked to some people about the Las Damas ride, talking about strong women. And that was going on, you know, well before I started there. I know my grandmother went on it and Edie went on it and Bi Wellick and Sophie. So, yeah, there were strong women then. Do you recall what your first impression was of the desert and the environment and just the ranch in general uh, back when you were a young girl? I loved the wide open spaces. I loved the ranch. I loved the horses. It obviously made such an impression. I had to go back and I miss it. <laughs> When's I, the last time you came to the ranch? Last year or two years ago, I think COVID interrupted some of the stuff, but I didn't necessarily stay at the ranch. I stayed with Rusty and Jim. And what do you think about the changes at the ranch? I have not seen the, the recent changes since Susie and Rusty sold it. So I have not seen those changes. Prior to the, the new ownership, did you notice changes, though, evolving? Year oh, after absolutely. Year? Absolutely. And what, what were some of those notable changes? I mean, I, I noticed changes all the time. I mean, the South Mesa was there, but where Susie lives now. No, I mean, it didn't exist, but it was part of Dallas and Edie's plan. So, yes, I've seen a lot of changes. So tell me a typical, if you could describe a typical work day, what your work day was like and how has technology, did it change during your time working at the ranch? Um, yeah, mimeographing every day, the changing menu, typing it up and then mimeographing it. What is mimeographing? Well, every day I had to type the menu onto a special thing. And then a mimeograph machine is like a copy machine, but it wasn't quite as technological as a copy machine these days. And heaven forbid you make a typo error. 
And so oftentimes it was both lunch and dinner. So the chef would bring in his little steno pad with the menu written out and I'd have to type it up and run off copies and talking dark ages. So you'd run off the copies and then that was the menu for that day for the guests. Yes. Yes. And you did that every day? Yes. Except Sundays, there was a buffet for lunch, which was wonderful. (laughs) And every Monday and every Thursday for dinner was prime rib to the point where I have not had a piece of prime rib since. Because I also, because I was part of management, if you will, I was able to have dinner sometimes in the dining room. And before that, the employees would get leftover prime rib on Tuesdays and Sundays. And what were some of the greater challenges in your role? I mean, technology has made things so much easier. Well, at the time, since I didn't know about technology, it didn't really matter. But it was interesting when some of the guests would come and you could tell when they registered that they were kind of very uptight and in control. And, you know, we got them checked into the room. About 10 minutes later, typically it was the the gentleman that would come back, come up to the desk and say, "Uh, there's no phone in the room and there's no TV and say, yes, that's correct. Well, I got to have a phone. I got to have the kids have to have a TV. Well, we're not set up to put phones in the room, but um, past the pool table and to your right is a phone booth and you're more than welcome to use that 24 seven. And as far as TVs are concerned, you know, we have the children's program and I think they're going to be pretty active and very happy with what they get to do there, including while you're having dinner, they're with the children's counselor and being entertained. And there, there is a TV in the bar, you know, in case you want to watch sports. So it was kind of fun, you know, to do that and explain to people who have just had everything at their fingertips. What was the guest demographic like? It depended on the time of year. Certainly Thanksgiving was busy when we were at capacity. Then between Thanksgiving and say the week before Christmas, it was slim to none. I remember one time we only had two guests for about a week or occasionally we would have a group meeting, you know, that would come in, which would be great. We loved that, Um, you know, full through New Year's. And then it was a little slow in January. And then there were um, people who came back year after year for like the first two weeks in February, you know, Schaefer and can't believe I can remember some of these names, but anyway, and then spring vacation was a full time, which was extended because schools, different areas had different you know, vacation times. And after Easter, then we would also have groups come in for conference or, you know, meetings, whatever. Tell me about how long you continued working at the ranch and how that evolved. Well, part of me thought it was my stepping stone to California. Maybe I'd be there for two years, but I ended up there for 10 years and uh, sadly moved on to California. But I met my future husband and he is from Santa Barbara. So <laughs> Were there any memorable guests you encountered? Oh, yeah. I enjoyed 99% of them. And it was fun to see, as I had mentioned, some of the executives that were kind of uptight coming in. And by the time they left, they were very relaxed and had a true vacation. I will say that one of my fondest memories was uh, dinner time. went into, was asked to help out, help the bar and 
go into the dining room and see if anybody needed an after dinner drink or a you know drink with dinner or a bottle of wine or whatever. So we went to table to table, and then there was this one ta- round table. I knew the people who were hosting it, and um, the guy he ordered a bottle of wine, and I was trained to take it there and have him taste it. So before I poured it, and uh, he looked up at me and said, "What would you say if?" I said, I didn't like it. Well, I hadn't been trained on that. So I said, I guess I have to take it to the back and drink it. And that was Duke Drake. Had it done in Bradstreet. And we were in touch and friends until his passing. He ended up moving to, had a place in Santa Barbara. So we'd have dinner with him once in a while. So was he just giving you a hard time? or Yes, he was giving me a bad time. And he thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was not the first time. What influence did the ranch make on you and your working life and just your personal life? What impression did it leave you with? Well, again, I learned a lot about corporate places, you know, and the people and their styles and how different it was from my growing up. I had vacations with you know, every year with my mom and dad. My dad was principal of a high school. So, you know, it all revolved around school schedules, which was fine. Worked for him. But we never went to a place like the ranch. And when I was there as a child, I didn't really think about any of those things. You know, I was just there for the horses and having a good time and, you know, riding in the gymkhanas and doing all those fun things. So it, it really introduced me to the corporate world which I had never been introduced to, considering my whole family had been in education. So it was good. Uh, Expanded my horizons. And so what did you go on to do after you left the ranch? Ended up in the lighting business as a lighting manufacturer's rep for about 18, 20 years, 20 years. And then ended up working at Direct Relief International, which is the number one nonprofit in the world. And then Santa Barbara Foundation, which is a community foundation. And then when I moved to Ventura, I was on the board of the hospital foundation, Community Memorial Hospital Foundation. And I set up new rules there and set up term limits and ended up ending my term. Then went to work for the hospital and the development department to raise money for their new hospital. So I've had, I'd say... An interesting career, and I think I got a lot of my good experience at the ranch. When I say Rancho de los Caballeros, what comes to mind? Soul of my life. (laughs) And what do you think the legacy of the ranch is, and what do you hope it will be? It's an interesting question because now that it's not familial, I don't know. I'm open-minded. Under the Gantt ownership, What do you think the legacy of the ranch is? It was a wonderful family vacation opportunity for children, particularly who hadn't been exposed to that. I think it was a rare opportunity for corporate gatherings. I think it says a lot that guests would return year after year and generation after generation. Not sure you see that very many places. I think... It leaves a deep impression one way or another and just about everybody. 
Were you surprised when Rusty and Susie decided to sell? No, no. I knew the time was coming. Yeah, sort of the end of an era. And I look forward to learning more about the new. Thank you, Barbara, for giving us a behind-the-scenes look and how the ranch influenced your personal and professional life. This concludes another episode of Souvenirs Podcast. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to tune in next week for another exciting interview with the one and only Robo. What? What's a Robo? Tune in next week to find out.